Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. If you're new with us today, um, we are full scale, full scale renovation. You saw phase one out there, so this is a, this is a pre-phase two renovation. And so the guys are putting sheetrock up. Um, our lift broke yesterday. It didn't just die. It, like, broke. So if you got skills in lift management, let us know because we're going to have to get that thing fixed. But um, honestly, um, we decided to go ahead and do this portion of the renovation ourselves uh, versus paying a company to do it. We thought we have enough handy guys in this church that can build walls and, and sheetrock uh, of course, our worship and production teams are the ones doing all the audio video. This is just a temporary screen for us this weekend. Um, if you're interested in what it's going to look like, it won't be exactly like this, but uh, to kind of get an idea, if you'll go to the App Store and download 3 Dream Studios app, and then when it comes up on the little box there, sign in under YPC, hit sign in, and all of the renderings of what this place is going to look like when it's all said and done are right there. Again, it won't be exactly because we have made some changes, but if you want to see what it's going to look like, you can kind of get an idea of what, we're, uh, what our goal is, what we're shooting for, and uh, we're excited about that. Again, today is Father's Day, and it would not be Father's Day without a cheesy Father's Day quote, all right? There was actually, um, I, this is a true story, so it's not just like a dad joke, it's like a true story. There was a husband and wife on their way to deliver their child, right? She's in full-scale labor, um, actually has the kid in the car. And so the dad decided he was going to name his son Carson. <laughs> Talk about the ultimate dad joke for the rest of his life. Where, where was I born? In the car, son. Carson, right? You know, being a... Being a, being a good dad is like shaving. No matter how good of a job you do today, you just got to do it again tomorrow, right? So come on, let's give it up for all the dads in the room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, all the dads watching online. You know, we just decided as a church, you know, you'll hear a lot of Mother's Day messages, and it's talking about the sacrifices that the moms have to make and all this stuff. And then when Dad's Day kind of comes around, it's kind of like, you're no good, deadbeat, you know. We just decided we weren't going to be that church. We're thankful for the men of your place church. Amen, everyone? Leading their families, leading their churches. It's a big deal to us, you know. And, and uh, I used to not be able to celebrate. Uh, Father's Day at, at YPC because I always take just a couple of weekends off in in the summertime. I kind of go, I do a little silence and solitude, do some message writing, and it used to happen in June. Um, but the last couple of years, I pushed that off to July, which, here we go, July, since how I'm not going to be here, is one of our most celebrated series of the year. It's the Young Guns series. And so, yeah. We're super excited about that, and so if you're new with us, basically, we just let all these young whippersnappers up here, and uh, they go at it. We give, them, we give them the microphone. They preach what's in their heart, and uh, it's good. We are bringing back the five on seven, which is basically five communicators have seven minutes to preach, um, kind of, uh, you know, just, just preach it out of the park, you know what I mean? And uh, here's the thing I need from you guys. If you remember what it was like to be in speech class as a kid, and remember those nerves that you felt when you get on stage, not on stage, in front of the class. 
Um, that's what these guys are going to be going through, okay? So laugh at their cheesy jokes, all right? Like amen them. Catch them in the foyer after service and tell them something that you got from the message. That'll make them feel important. That'll make them feel like they actually did something. We're going to work with them as best as we can. They don't have a college to go to to teach them this. That's why we're starting one, right? When I went to Bible school, they taught me a lot about the Bible. They taught me very little about ministry. And so we just decided we were going to start one, and we're going we're gonna to teach people, give them full access to the instructors, to the pastors, to the, the professors, all of those guys, so they can get a look at what full-time ministry really is. And so we're super excited about that. If you or someone in your family is interested in full-time uh, ministry, you can go to Your Place College, check out any information in that area that you are interested in. Last week, we started a new series. And I go to church also. So um, I'm, when Sundays are, I'm giving out. I'm pouring out of myself on Sundays. I worship during our worship set, but I'm thinking about the next 28 minutes that I have with you guys. Uh, so I don't really, I don't, I don't fill up on Wednesdays. I give out. So on Mondays, I go to church. And I've got a few communicators, a few trusted sources that I will listen to on a Monday. And it's interesting to me because last Monday, all of the guys that I listened to that are out there doing ministry, that are building churches, they all started series last week on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Like second week of the month, they all start these series on how to be led by the Spirit of God, which lets you know one thing, we're led by the Spirit of God. Amen. There's not a website that we all consult on what we should teach in June, okay? No one's jumping on the phone with a denominational leader saying, hey, what's our next series? We're being led to teach the series that we're teaching. And we, listen, as, as your pastor, I do not just allow what's happening in the world we live in to dictate our series. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God, and my hopes are that as the, as the message comes out, it's not just a motivational spiel. It's the Word of God, and it applies to what's going on in our world. It applies to your life. And if you'll lean in to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today, I believe you'll leave here changed. I really do. Father, we love you. And we welcome the Holy Spirit in this room. God, I realize that this platform is a privilege. And the opportunity that we have to communicate your word, Father, is an honor that we don't take lightly. Father God, we want to be led by you today. Father, I pray that we see things in Scripture that some of us, we've never seen before. Father, you illuminate that to our heart. Father, I don't want to communicate over people, but I don't want to communicate under them either. Father, help me by your Spirit to locate every single person in the room, every single person who's watching online, Father, with this message of truth. God, we love you. We worship you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we're going to start today off with a little bit of a riddle, okay? So riddles, here we go. If you know the answer to the riddle, don't shout it out loud, okay? Lean over, whisper it to your neighbor so they can go, oh, wow, you've heard the riddle. All right, so, uh, so a, a, a guy leaves home running, all right? He leaves home, he's running, he turns left, he turns left again, and he turns left again, 
when he's headed back home, there are two masked men waiting for him. What was he doing, and who were the masked men? Don't tell, don't say it out loud, if you happen to know. He's running. What was he running from? And who were the masked men? Now, I'm going to sum it all up with one word. Think baseball. He leaves home running, turns left, turns left again, turns left again, runs home where two masked men, a catcher and an umpire, are waiting on him. It changes things, doesn't it? Why do our minds automatically go to the negative when we hear things? When we don't know the answers, our mind always fills in the blank with negative scenarios. And that's exactly what the devil is counting on. That's exactly what the enemy of your soul is counting on. If we don't know the answers, immediately our human minds are left to fill in the blanks. And typically, we fill in the blanks with negative scenarios. So here's the question I'm asking all three of our services this weekend. Can you really trust you? Can you really trust you? And I took you to Romans chapter 8, verse 14 last week, and I want to take you there again today. And again, we apologize. Um, we just have this scripture text right now. So if you've got a mobile device that has a Bible app, grab that. I want your eyes to see the Word of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but fear is an emotion. It's an emotion. And fear, when we think of fear, we think of panic, like, right, a scary movie, something's chasing, wanting to kill them, fear, scream, run. That's true, but fear is also slight dread, a slight Dread because slight dread becomes medium dread, which becomes heavy dread, which becomes fear, which becomes panic. So we got to be mindful of these types of things. Fear is the enemy's way of misleading us, misleading us away from God's plan and his will for our life. And people are making choices all the time based solely from the emotion of fear. So if fear is an emotion, we can't be led by our emotions. Other forms of emotions, hurt, insecurity, jealousy, rage, anger, hopelessness, chaos, anxiety. These are all forms of emotions and they will try to lead us. So we know fear is a powerful emotion. What about happiness? Should we be led by happiness? You know, a lot of people think, well, it's God's will. You know, Jesus says, I've come that you would have life and have it to the full. We define life to the full as happiness, right? And I think we would all agree we want to be happy until 
your spouse is the one who doesn't make you happy, right? And then because we know it's God's will for me to be happy and you don't make me happy, you must not be God's will for me, right? We think about that and we think, well, that sounds ridiculous, yet that's what people are doing all the time. They're basing life decisions on emotions, and we can't do that. In fact, the psalmist knew the power of emotions, and he said this in Psalm 43, Why are you so cast down, O my soul? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Now, if you understand how you are made up, you are a spirit, you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in a body. Your body touches this physical world. Your spirit is how you tap into the supernatural or the spiritual world. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. And so the psalmist is like, what's up with myself? Like, what's up with my emotions? Why am I feeling this way? Why are you so cast down mind, will, and emotions. And then he said this, why are you disquieted within me? In other words, that's all I hear is what I'm feeling. That's all I hear what I'm feeling, right? The psalmist wrote in 73, or Psalm 73, my flesh and my heart fails, but he recognized something here. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And so to the maturing Christian, I didn't say the mature, I said the maturing, because we're all maturing in the things of God. None of us have arrived. We're all growing, including me. Amen, everyone? So the, to the maturing Christian, he recognizes, you know what? I'm feeling pretty emotional in this moment, but I'm not going to let this move me. God moves me. Can you trust you? It's an honest question. And something became painfully obvious to us during this pandemic. And that's the power of deception. Deception. People are believing things that simply are not true. Two masked men waiting for me at home, and I assume they're criminals. It's deception. It's believing a lie. It's when there's a blank, we insert negative scenarios. Thoughts left to ourselves and not filtered through God's Word, I'll say it this way, negative thoughts not filtered through God's Word will always produce false emotions. So we have to be careful about that. And if you're led by your emotions, friends, you're misled. We are misled if we are led by our emotions. You know, I, I heard a story. Um, good godly Christian man filled with the Spirit of God. Had a friend who lived in a high-rise apartment. Uh, invited him over. He's looking at the window. He's like, oh man, it's got a great rooftop terrace. You got to come check it out. So he goes up and, there, and he goes right to the edge of the building. Looking, looking over, and he's like, wow, we are way, way up here. He's like, yeah, so many stories high. And he looks down, he's like, man, the cars look like matchbox cars down there. Yeah, people look like ants. And about that time, he heard, why don't you just jump? Why don't you just jump? 
To which he replied, why don't you just jump? And I love that because he didn't just let his thoughts dictate his actions. He spoke to him, no, I ain't jumping. Why don't you jump, right? And most people, a lot of people would, would, would lean back from that situation and go, oh, my gosh, I have a spirit of suicide. And the devil will accommodate you and say, no, no, you got two, right? So it's like he wants you to have negative thoughts. He wants you to have negative emotions. I can't tell you how many times we live on the lake, and it's about 130 steps up to the top to the very bottom. We got this little place called Sunset Point. I think about that story. I'm up there. There's no guardrail. It's just cliff straight down. And I can tell you that I have heard the phrase, you should just jump. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to. Thank you. You know what I mean? No. We're not led by our thoughts, and we are not led by our emotions. Be not deceived. And here's the thing about being deceived. You think you're the one right. You think you're right when you're deceived. How you feel is right, and once your mind's made up about how right you are, it is almost impossible for anybody else to talk you off of how right you are. Does this make sense, friends? Even though we're believing a lie. The, the emotion of that is what I want to talk about. We can see deception all the way through Scripture. Remember Jesus had his 12 guys with him, his 12 disciples. One of them betrayed him. What was his name? Judas, right? We read about that in Luke chapter 22, verse 3. When Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. Then Satan entered Judas. Listen, the devil cannot enter anybody who's spirit-filled, loves God. That doesn't just happen. Judas opened himself up to that. He was deceived. He believed something and allowed the devil access to his heart, to his thoughts, then, verse 4, and Judas went to the chief priest and to the officers of the temple guard and discussed, had conversations about the deception he was allowing into his life with other people who were deceived about Jesus, discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. See, deception is blinding. Like, you don't see the truth when you're, in, when you're being deceived. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, The person without the Spirit, it clarifies, without the Spirit of God on the inside of them, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. We see a lot of that right now. People who believe what we believe and people who don't look at us and consider what we believe foolishness. Scripture points to it. Kind of gives us a little bit of a warning. Hey, this is going to happen. There's going to be people in the world who are going to mock you, make fun of you, because they don't see what you see. To them, the Scripture says, it's foolishness. It goes on to say, and they cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. I don't understand that, that Bible. I don't just understand it. Well, you're not going to. The Spirit of God on the inside of you is how you understand the Scripture. Deception is blinding. First John chapter 2 says it this way, verse 11, but anyone who hates 
another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Anybody, according to Scripture, who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness, the Scripture says. Such a person does not know the way to go. They don't even know what way to go. Why? Being blinded by the darkness. If we've been blinded, it insinuates that one time we could see the light. One time things, we saw the truth, but we've been blinded or deceived. And the only way that happens is if we allow it to. Are you with me, friends? How do I know? I mean, how do I know if I'm deceived about something? How do I know if I'm believing a lie about something? How do I know if whatever the scenario is in my life, I've inserted a negative scenario? How do I know? I filled in the blanks. Well, if you feel a certain way, if you're passionate about something, and you don't like the way people are responding to you about it, you need to ask yourself, and what you need to do you need to ask yourself, first of all, man, am I seeing this right? And then you need to get someone in your life who is not biased to you, okay, who, who understands the topic at hand, and you just need to ask them, hey, hear me out. This is the way I feel. What do you think? Listen, you don't go to the couple that has a terrible marriage and ask them if you've got a terrible marriage, Misery loves company, okay? Yeah, you got a, your marriage sucks. My marriage sucks. We should be, you know, terrible together, right? You want to go to the person whose marriage is actually what you're looking for and ask them, hey, listen, I need to get into your world. You've got what I want, right? You don't go to the, the, to the family that's raising holy terrors as children and say, hey, how do you raise your kids, right? Jesus said himself, you'll know a tree by its fruit. So you go find the kid, go find the parents that their kids, listen, they're not little soldiers, like they love mom and dad. When dad walks in the room and they scream, daddy, and they run to him, there's something there. But yet when dad calls them out, they obey. Like, how did you do that? Like, get in their world. Don't ask the guy who doesn't know how to budget, doesn't include God in his finances, how you should get ahead in your financial portfolio, right? Don't ask them. Find the guy who is living on a budget, who is getting ahead and say, bro, I need to get in your world. I need to join your life group. Find those couples and get in their world, and the best way to do that is a life group. Well, I don't want a quilt. <laughs> I, I don't want a quilt. You know what? If there's a couple who's quilting in your life group, okay, or in that life group, and it gives you an opportunity to get in there, you just quilt and be like, hey, so while I got you, how did you do that? You know what I mean? And you may learn a new skill. Who knows, right? You know, that men's group, that guy that's a financial genius, right, has got a life group on Saturday mornings on 6 where they're hiking the nature trail. And you're like, it's the only day I have to sleep in, but I really need access to his thoughts. Get up at 6 and go for a hike. And while you're walking in the backwoods of the Pryor Creek Trail, ask him questions. Amen, everyone? 
That's how you do it. Find somebody who prays like you want to pray. Hey, which prayer service do you come to? Tuesday or Wednesday night? Which one? Oh, I'm here Wednesday night. Awesome. Find them, sit behind them. When they pray, you pray. Find, find the ones who have a, a tenacity for or an appetite for the word of God like you want. And be like, hey, what are you, what are you reading right now? What, what are you studying? What's God sharing with you? The guys who are that way, they'll tell you. They'll tell you what's going on. You got to find people until you can figure out what's going on inside of you. Find people that you trust and get in their world. But the ultimate goal is to know yourself and to be led by the Spirit of God. Well, how do I know? How do I know, how do I know between my thoughts and the voice of God inside of me? Great question. Everybody asks that question at one time or another. And I'm going to answer it right here. You're going to be glad you came to church. The number one way that God speaks to his people today is through his word. It's through his word. That's how come you can sit in service and whoever's speaking can read a verse and all of a sudden it just comes alive to you. Oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. That moment, Spirit of God leading you. Because the very next thought is typically how it applies to you. How it applies to your life. The number one way that God will speak to you is through his word. So we got to get his word inside of us. Amen? we got to get that word inside of us. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world. Don't just jump onto their thinking. Don't just do what they're doing. But be transformed, the scripture says, by the renewing of your mind. Renew that thing. If your mind, will, and emotions are negative all the time, you need to get in there and do a rehab. You need to renew that mind, those wills, that emotions, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, how do I do that? The Scripture says in Ephesians 5, 26, washing with water through the Word. How do you renew your mind? How do you renew your thoughts? How can you get your emotions in check? You filter it through the Word. The Word of God will wash you. I don't know how it happens. It just happens. How do we know if it's the Spirit of God? It'll sound like His Word. The Spirit always sounds like His Word. And I know I have people all the time say, well, I try to read the Bible. It's just, just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. That doesn't mean quit. Just stay in there. Tyra and I, we started dating at 17 years old, and I was a punk, heathen kid that lived around the corner. She actually lived around the corner for me because I moved in that neighborhood when I was two. She moved in at 15. We started dating at 17, right? And she will tell you, I'm not telling on her, she will tell you. In fact, if you've ever been to Virtue, she's told you. There was a season when she was, okay, 15 to about 17, that she was going to church, but she wasn't necessarily living for God. She would sneak out at nights. She would party. She was living that. She was living that world life, all right? And then out of nowhere comes this dashing young man in her life. 
I mean, she saw him and she was like, gotta get in his world, right? Actually, it was the complete opposite. I showed up in her world. And I knew she, I know she was a church girl, right? And so I just started asking her questions about the Bible. And again, she went to church, but she slept through it. She didn't, she didn't really know anything. Like well, she knew some things, church camp, whatever. And so here, so she, she had this moment when this strapping young, dashing young man would ask her questions about the Bible, she had this realization that if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna live the party in life and sneak out and be deceptive and do whatever I do, that's one thing. But I can't lead this guy in this kind of life with me. So I would drop her off at night. I'd ask her Bible questions. So the Holy Spirit, like, and she would be like, I tell you what, you pick me up in the morning, I'll tell you the answer. Cool. I'd go home, go to bed, get a good night's sleep. She would go home, go to her room, turn on her lamp, and start looking through her Bible, looking for answers for me, for me. I'd pick her up the next day. She'd say, so about that question you asked last night, and she would tell me what the Bible said, which cultivated in her this hunger this appetite for the things of God, for the, for the Word. And so her mom had the Bible on cassette. For all you young people, a cassette is, um, had like ribbon in it. Uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a MP3 or whatever, audio file. It, we actually had to carry it around. Uh-huh. And so she had a dual cassette player with auto repeat. Come on, upgrade. Upgrade, right? And every night she would put in, you know, like Genesis 1 through 10 is this cassette, and 12 or 11 through 20 is this cassette, and she'd close them, and she would go to sleep, and she would hit play, and she would fall asleep to that, and it would click, 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 go to the back side, click, 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 jump over to the other, click, 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 go to the back side, click, 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 and start all over, right? All night long. And I know you're like, well, she was asleep. She didn't, she didn't hear it. No, but her spirit did. Because her spirit, your spirit never sleeps. And so all night long, she would hear the word of God. And then she learned that there's a proverb for every day of the month. And so whatever day it was, today is the 21st, she would read Proverbs 21. And she would just read that. And so it wasn't some extensive Bible study plan. That's how she, she developed an appetite for the things of God. And she is the woman today because of that. If a 17-year-old girl can do it, you can do it. Amen. Amen, friends? Because his voice sounds like his word. The second way to hear the voice of God in your life, you're not listening for an audible voice. That is not the way God speaks in the New Testament. It's an inward witness the Bible talks about. It's an unction. It's a, some people, the best word that we've found to, to kind of describe it to you, it's like an intuition, but it's not. 
Because if, you're, if you have an intuition, something about you that is not filtering your thoughts through the Word of God, it will lead you astray. But down, not up here, but down inside, you just know. You just know some things. I call it my knower. My knower goes off. Before I buy anything, I'm checking my knower. There's a scripture that talks about in 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, so prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober. It's not just talking about not drinking. It's talking about clarity. Clarity of mind. Clarity, it goes on to say, be sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined. Look at this. Spiritually and morally alert. We could say aware. I'm constantly aware of my heart. Not my blood pump, my spirit. I'm constantly aware of it. I mean, something as simple as, should I take this way to work? There will be times I'm driving and something on the inside of me says, you shouldn't go this way. And I've trained myself enough to listen to it. You talk this way to people in the world, they'll roll their eyes at you. Why? Because it's foolishness to them. Foolishness to them. But to the person who has trained themselves to be led by the Spirit, it'll save your life. It'll save your investments. I don't know why I'm getting out of this stock right now. I just feel like I need to. I don't know why. It's, it's, it's trending up and to the right. Sounds like a terrible time. You do that one time where you feel like you're supposed to get out of a, an investment and you don't. What that's... this before. Got to get out. And then you do. And you know what? Maybe it doesn't crash. Maybe you've got your, your, your assets liquidated and something else pops up that you couldn't have been able to do had you had everything tied up over here. Does this make sense, friends? How do you know? You're led. God's not interested in that. Okay. Brings in a, another point. I love third service because there's not a service coming in after you. I can just hang out here for a second. You guys okay? You need to go. Go. I get it. I get it. Go. Sometimes, if you have a preconceived thought or idea about God's character or nature that's wrong, and the Holy Spirit tries to lead you in truth, but you don't think God's that way, you'll still ignore it. I'll give you an example. God uses hardships to teach you a lesson. Show me that in Scripture. God uses hardship. Now, that doesn't mean he can't turn something around, because he does, but God does not put negative circumstances in your life to teach you a lesson. He will not use sickness. He will not use disease. He will not use those things. Why? The Bible refers to him as a father. Plus, you've been redeemed. The Bible says you've been redeemed from the curse of the law, which equals um, healing, curse, sickness, 
poverty and spiritual death. You can go, I'll show you the scriptures. God would not use something he redeemed you from to teach you a lesson. But if you don't know that about God, you assume he does. So when the Holy Spirit starts to point you towards truth, overrides that. God doesn't, is not interested in your success because money's the root of all evil. That's been taught. It's been taught. That's not what the scripture says. The love of money is the root of all evil. So if you think God wants you poor, broke, and living on the wrong side of town, whatever the wrong side of town is, I'm not convinced that Mays County has a wrong side of town. Because I've been out of town, amen. But here's my point. Here's my point. If you think that for your life, and all of a sudden he starts to lead you to provision, it's God. Because God doesn't believe in money. That's not true. There's more talk in Scripture about your finances than there is any other topic in Scripture. Does this make sense? you got to learn the character and nature of God, and the only way to do that is to get in His Word. And then when you get into His Word, all of a sudden you start, you start, you start recognizing the sound of His voice, and He starts leading you in. That way, when the world's going to hell in a handbasket, you're like, you're, you're, you're steady. You're steady. Because first, Peter talked about that. And it's, prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-discipline, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Buddy, that'll change your life. Our minds, if left alone, are inherently negative, and they'll always fill in the blanks with negative scenarios. But if you can put positive, you, you get the Word of God inside of you, it begins to change things. Can you trust you? If you're trusting the Spirit of God, you can. Amen? Amen. Father, we love you. And Lord, this is all in Scripture. And my prayer is, is that nobody takes my word for it. I don't want anybody to believe anything that I've said. I want them to believe what you say. So, Father, that's why we wrestle with your word. That's why, that's why you, it, it makes you happy, Father God, when we get into your word, when we pray, when we, when we wrestle with some of these things, some of these questions that we've had for years, we wrestle with them because every single time you so graciously and lovingly lead us to the truth and you lead us to the answers that we're looking for. It is true that Jesus would have life and have it to the full. And part of that gift is being led by your Spirit. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us. And God, thank you for your word, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.